Jim isn't getting her to work out at three in the morning. Why? <laughs> Why three? I'm like, respectfully, that's psychopathic behavior. Like, do they go to bed and then wake up at three or are they three up the, until three? Three. No, like they go to bed and wake up at 3 a.m. to go to the gym. And then you're back at home by Jenny goes back to bed. And then you go back to bed. Jim goes to work. Daddy goes back to bed. Absolutely not. Veto. It's a no for me. episode uh sometimes shibata slaps i'm mac i'm jubes and today our episode is all about neurotransmitters yes we're kind of building off of our depression episode last week yeah so it's just been a full staircase since march it really they okay our planning was phenomenal because all of our episodes have like like fed off of each other into like this giant science lecture yeah (laughs) Exactly. I don't know if we're building a school curriculum or if we're Literally. actually being <laughs> if the if the proximity is like helpful for retention or if it's just kind of like okay yeah yeah we get it yeah we under we can only hear balance so many times before yes. we're like we get it yeah you're fine you're good we get it happy mental health month yes welcome to April showers bring May flowers you're flowering this month. I am. You're welcome. It's I'm the flower. It's <laughs> you're my the flower. birthday month. <laughs> it's Michaela's birthday month. <laughs> it's, it's evolved from the day to the weekend and now to the month. Oh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> I have to share my birthday month now, which is kind of dumb, but. I mean, technically I have to share too because it's Alexa. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes. It's also Alexa's birthday. Yes. Um, I think. What? Two. Uh, the Tomorrow. When this episode comes out, tomorrow is Alexa's birthday. Mm-hmm. So happy early birthday, Alexa! Yes, we love you. Happy birthday to the queen of chaos! Yay! Everyone, drop a comment or send her a message. Wish her a happy, happy birthday! Yes, because we love her. Yes, yes, we do. yes, 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 yes. And then we have Alexa coming up very shortly. Mm-hmm. We don't know what date yet, but she'll be on. She'll be on. We're going to do another one with her, and then hopefully, we're going to do um, a hot wings challenge. Yeah. So she's going to be asking us the questions. That'll be recorded this month. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. The, we've only gotten one question prompt so far, and we are starting off strong. So yeah. that is something you are not going to want to miss. We've reached a caliente question, so. It's yeah. Been... Muy caliente. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. When we were talking about, like, um, are we making a school curriculum? It reminded me that um, I was talking to Bryce's sister um about she runs the library program like the summer reading program at mm-hmm. the library at our hometown yeah and so she was like trying to like plan ideas i was like well if you wanted like i could come in and give like a forensic talk because yeah. like i know a lot about that and so then they're like yeah like you should like create like this little like forensic program where like you go around to all the libraries and you have like a little like forensic presentation and then like a who done it thing where like people try and like solve this it or whatever. This is what I'm telling you. Like when you're talking about when you're getting all bummed out about not working in your field, I'm like, yeah. girl, I just you gotta can make organize your own. these like chats and stuff like that. And you yeah. Can- so I'm like, that would be kind of fun. So I'm kind of playing with the idea of like how I would make that work. That's exciting. Right? Because then they're like, you could also go around to schools, but I feel like a lot of the schools in our area already have like forensic classes. It depends on where so- you are. Yeah, like, I feel like if I did, like, some of the smaller communities around here, that it would be a little bit different than if well, I did, like, big city. If you're thinking high schools and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but if you could make it, like, elementary focus, too. Yeah, because she's teaching grade fours, and she was doing, like, a forensic unit Yeah, in it. And that happens in sixth grade as well, for sure, mm-hmm. in the curriculum. I used oh, to. yeah. Sorry. She's teaching grade fours, but she has grade sixes one day for, like, one block, so she's doing the forensic unit for that because she didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I could get you to talking with some people if you want to figure yeah. out what you need to do to sort that out. Because, yeah, I would just have to, like, I have all the information, right? Like, you might as well try. It wouldn't take much to create, like, a PowerPoint and then a whodunit. And, like, I have papers of, like, how to do, like, a footprint, like, lab yeah. kind of thing, which would be kind of fun. Yeah, you just got to figure out what qualifications, if you need any, for mm-hmm. to share, the, to, to speak with people or any kind of like because i feel like all i would really need criminal record checks yeah like check. background check kind of yeah 
prove I'm not like a pedophile or whatever. I think you should go for it. I think it'd be so sick. Right? It would be kind of fun. So yeah. I don't know if I... So I was telling you earlier and you're like, absolutely not. You had your heart set on the one thing and I was like... Well, because I didn't know, right? Like, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. think of this as an option. Yeah. And so like... Well, we kind yeah, of, you hear it from someone else and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. But it was like, yeah, go around to like the summer reading programs and do like little things. So I'm like, do I make the PowerPoints and have everything ready first before I even pursue this? Or do I look into this even being yeah. a possibility before I do all the work for it? Possibility? Yeah. PowerPoints? Reaching out. Okay. Because that would be kind of fun. Well, because figure out what you need to, like, present in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then figure out what you're going to present. Yeah. And create, like, the sheets and whatnot you'd want to hand out for activities. Yeah, because I'd have to make it, like, the at the level that I learned it is going to be very different than the level that I would have to yeah. share it. Well, you're going to have to make so it yeah, for, for and, kids. Yeah. And then I would have to make it so that like, if there's like 11 year olds and six year olds or whatever at the thing, like I need to make sure that it's understandable for and engaging for both. Yeah. So that's a fun little passion project. Yeah. So oh, I love that for you. Mm-hmm. So that would be something. And if any of you guys have any ideas, please let me know. Yeah. But yeah. So oh, I, I would that love would be that for you. Fun. That would be so good. Right? Because they pay, like, they had some people in. I think one girl was, like, $800 they paid to get her in. Yeah. And I was like, geez, I would do that for less. Well, yeah, you, like, you'd have to for the start off. Yeah, right? Like, it wouldn't be much. It would be, like, what, an hour or two out of my day? Mm-hmm. Like You could start with, like, kids and stuff, and then you could start bringing forensics to the West. Mm-hmm. Which would be kind of fun. Oh, so. seminars and, and talks and bring in professionals and... Yeah, and, like, talk about, like... Whoever you can. Yeah. So that'll be kind of fun. It'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm already doing all the research, so might as well utilize it. Yeah, right? Like, I was kind of like me with like, my schooling. I'm like, okay, what can we talk about SCS that I've learned about in my schooling? <laughs> that I already know everything about. <laughs> How can I drag Journey into researching what I'm learning? <laughs> How can I make her just as passionate about this as me? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just using SCS as like a, as a study. Um, study buddy <laughs> yeah exactly it's holding me accountable <laughs> do i know what i'm talking about yes yeah, or no i have to yeah there's people depending on me <sighs> but yeah that's my ketchup i guess or my mustard yeah. <laughs> this weekend we're going to my friend's uh bachelorette party yes. and it'll be really fun yes we have a little disco themes we have our wigs yes i'm gonna because i have a hair appointment um tomorrow and so i'm going to not tell my boyfriend what i'm gonna get done and then i'm gonna come home with my wig because it's blue and be like look what i did oh it's gonna be be like so funny no (laughs) i wonder if he'll get him or if he'll just be like i don't know (laughs) i don't know i feel like if i did it right but i feel like i'd crack before yeah yeah you almost, have, you almost, like, don't have to tell them that you got your hair done. You almost have to, like, wear it. I just have to, like, come home. Like, oh, what did you do today? Oh, like, I had a hair appointment. I got my hair done. Like, yeah. you're just wearing the wig. <laughs> and so that's, like, normal. Right? Just, like, it is what it is. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm coloring my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, I was, like, talking about my hair. Yeah, I'm getting my hair dyed on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, you should just, like, just come home and be casual. Yeah. If he says anything. Oh, that'd be sick. And you can be like, got my hair done. Yeah. You don't like, like it? You know, what the... Hey, I thought it was really fun. You think you don't like my blue hair? It brought out my eyes. <laughs> my blue eyes. <laughs> you're, bright, you're bright baby blue. <laughs> you don't even see me anymore. I dyed my hair bright blue and you didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm really excited though for this. Yeah. Bachelorette. I think it'll be a blast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and so on that note, we will get into it. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of information lots to share. Of information, yeah, about how your brain works. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't covered it already. It sounds like ours have stopped, but we promise. Yeah, <laughs> it does. That's okay. So, kind of to start off, we're gonna go into like what is a neurotransmitter? Yeah. Have we even introduced that we're talking about neurotransmitters? I did. Okay, good. <laughs> That's how we start every episode. Yeah, I just didn't hear it this episode for some reason, so that's good. Oh, that's funny. Um, 
Okay, so what are neurotransmitters? Mm-hmm. Neurotransmitters are how the nervous system speaks to the brain. Their job is to carry chemical signals from one neuron to the next target cell, which can be like another neuron, a muscle cell, or a gland, um, to kind of just pass on that message. Mm-hmm. And there are at least 100 identified neurotransmitters, but there are suspected to be so many more that we haven't even yet discovered. Like, the brain is just like... So complex. We haven't even begun to tap into the knowledge that's there. Yeah. Um, and most neurons make two or more neurotransmitters. So the neuron can, ex- so like one neuron can exert many different influences. Mm-hmm. And if you remember from our nervous system episode, there are like billions of yeah. neurons in your body. So yeah. like double that and yeah. more for your neurotransmitters. You have lots of potential for neurotransmitters. Yeah. Exactly. So how they're produced in a way, it's like there has to be a certain stimulation frequency in order for the neurotransmitter to be released from the neuron. Mm-hmm. Um, this is whole the whole like similar idea to the whole um, wow, sodium potassium pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there needs to be like an activation threshold kind of thing. Exactly. So the cell body of the neuron produces neurotransmitters and the axon terminal releases the neurotransmitter into the synaptic cleft where they then move along with the signal to the next neuron where it then binds to the receptor of the target cell and passes along its message. So each neurotransmitter binds to a specific receptor on the target cell. You can think of a lock and key mechanism. Um, not every key fits in, in the lock. And same thing, like, so with every neurotransmitter, you has to go to the specific receptor lock. site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in order for it to be a thing. Yes. Um, and so once the neurotransmitter is bound to the receptor, it'll trigger an electrical signal in another cell, a muscle contraction, or the release of a hormone in a cell gland. Yeah. So it's shut off, spouted off. It's in the membrane in between. If it goes to the wrong lock, it doesn't get absorbed. If it goes to the right lock, it's absorbed and then activated. Yeah. Joy, yes. Yeah. And then once they've delivered their message, um, they're removed from the synaptic cleft through three ways. They can either fade away or diffusion, or they're reabsorbed and reused by the nerve cell that it released it, reuptake, and or they are broken down by enzymes with the synapse so they can't be recognized or bind to the receptor, which is degradation. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to go into a little bit of like the different types of neurotransmitters. Obviously, we're not going to go into all 100 neurotransmitters. We're going to hit the primary ones. Yeah, we're going to hit, like, the ones that um, most people have heard about. Yeah. Um, And so neurotransmitters can be classified by their chemical structure and their function. And so both of our textbooks define them or classify them by chemical structure. So that's how we have them Mm -hmm. laid out here. So there's like there's small molecule, which has four subgroups, and then there's large molecule, which has one subgroup. Mm-hmm. And Michaela has this really fun little diagram somewhere on here um, that I'm going to put over the video when we talk about each kind of thing. Yeah. So that you guys can have a little bit more of a visualize and we're not just wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So I'm not trying to make this a science lecture. Yeah. I'm trying to make <laughs> Literally. It's supposed to be fun and What's educational. What's going on in your brain? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Why do we think the way we think? Exactly. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is acetylcholine. It was the first identified neurotransmitter, and it's the best understood. It works in both your central nervous system and your peripheral nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so its main job is to regulate your heart rate, your blood pressure, and your gut motility. And it also plays a role in muscle contractions, memory, motivation, sexual desire, sleep, and learning. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. For sleep, it initiates dreaming in REM, which is really... Interesting, especially with the whole dreaming um, world, how unknown it is right now. But yeah. to figure out that that is um, in relation to it is fascinating. That's sweet. I would like to look into that, and especially in relation to nightmares mm-hmm. and how those play a role. Definitely. So some precursors for acetylcholine are choline and coenzyme A. Um, Choline-rich foods include egg yolks, raw cauliflower, dark leafy greens, raw endives, kimchi, Cooked shrimp, fish eggs, lamb leg, cooked beef liver, and cooked turkey giblets. Oh, that's giblets. <laughs> <laughs> Give jib tomato tomato. Yeah, tomato potato. <laughs> no, can you say both though? What? Giblets, giblets? Probably. I've always just said it giblets because it sounds it, funny. It has to be a tomato tomato thing then, hey? Probably. Giblets? It's I'm probably like gif and jif. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Mm-hmm. I digress. And then when I say, yeah, cooked or raw, it's just because of the um, bioavailability of 
the specific nutrient we're talking about. Yeah. In that. Cooking or raw provides different versions of nutrients. We talked about it with like um, spinach and like vitamin C or whatever. Well, yeah, for the well, iron and in order to absorb, yeah iron and vitamin c that's yeah. what it is in order to absorb the iron you need the vitamin c or blah, yeah but, and then when like, you cook spinach it, has, it provides different nutrients mm-hmm. raw spinach yeah yeah so and then coenzyme a is derived from pantothenic acid or vitamin b5 and that can be found in foods like sunflower seeds cooked shita- cooked shiitake mushrooms holy heck <laughs> spirulina sun-dried tomato wild salmon beef and veal uh cooked lobster eggs and avocado delicious mm-hmm and then underactivity with acetylcholine um, has been linked to like contributing to Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, which is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so with these precursors or like the choline foods and stuff, would you eat those when you're like having issues like regulating your heart rate and your blood pressure? If like you feel like you you don't have enough acetylcholine yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, with that one, I, I feel like it's hard because it has acetylcholine does so much. Mm-hmm. But just like overall, to make sure you are getting the proper precursors for your neurotransmitters. Yeah, a rule of thumb is like your protein foods because a lot of these are proteins. Yeah, right? or come from proteins. Um, choline, not specifically, but you think eggs. Yeah, eggs have all of it. Yeah, like almost every single one of these things I'm going to be saying today, eggs are has an option. Eggs. Right. <laughs> um, so just making sure you have something especially if you feel like you're like sluggish or brain fog and you're not firing properly and just yeah all that it just gives you like a little bit of a boost kind of it would yeah it would um it would take some more tests to figure out if you are choline deficient okay which i can't i don't know any self-tests for Mm -hmm. that as of this current moment of my knowledge and education i don't know that (laughs) (laughs) that's fair okay yeah i just wanted to see because i wasn't sure if like if you should be eating those anyways, or if like there's specific mm. times when you should be eating more of them, or if they're just important things to have always in your diet. Yeah, it just always, yeah. Okay. Just to make sure you have the balance and you have the availability for acetylcholine to do its job. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the next ones we have are the um, monoamine neurotransmitters. And so the first kind of subsection of that are the catecholamines. And so the first one we have is dopamine, and it plays a role in our reward system. So it helps us feel pleasure, heightens arousal and learning. It also helps with focus, concentration, memory, sleep, mood, and motivation. And many highly addictive drugs act directly on the dopamine system, mm-hmm. which Michaela talks a little bit more about mm-hmm. as well. Right here. So underactivity of dopamine um, has been associated with Parkinson's disease, overactivity with schizophrenia. And some street uh, drugs that act on dopamine are cocaine and amphetamines. They stimulate the pleasure path, which um, contributes to addiction. Yeah. And cocaine and amphetamines are dopamine agonists, among other effects. So functional tolerance develops with chronic use. Wild. And in our description, um, I'm going to link this really fascinating site called Mouse Party, which is what one of the... Out of the four years of my education and university, <laughs> this is my favorite thing, my favorite resource I've ever had. It's literally just like an interactive site where you can drag a mouse into the chair and it tells you what drug the mouse is on and how that's affecting their brain. Yeah, it has a really cute like animation where it shows you like the neurotransmitters being like released into the cleft and then what happens like when the drug or whatever like binds to the receptor instead of that is super cool actually so it shows like yeah the lock and key and how drugs can mimic neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. and then affect damage reenact the lock and key mechanism yeah it's really cool michaela was showing it to me before we started recording i was like "Mm, that's fun yeah so that will be linked in our description so if you're interested in learning about neurotransmitters and specifically how drugs um mimic or affect the brain yeah go check out mouse party Yes. Okay, so then the next catecholamine that we have is norepinephrine. Um, increases blood pressure, heart rate, alertness, arousal, um, decision-making, attention, and focus. Um, we also have epinephrine, which works with norepinephrine to stimulate your body's response by increasing your heart rate, breathing, blood pressure, blood sugar, and blood flow to your muscles. It also heightens your attention and focus to allow you to act or react to different stressors. Mm-hmm. And so for norepinephrine... Um, the street drug for norepinephrine is MDMA. 
Oh, spicy. And stimulates the release of norepinephrine and blocks reuptake. And then epinephrine, something to note is that it's prevalent in the body and that gives you the burst of energy, but it's not prevalent in the brain. It's just in your body, norepinephrine? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And then that's where the catecholamines. Um, their precursor is tyrosine. So tyrosine foods include spirulina, parmesan cheese, roast beef, wild salmon, chicken breast, pumpkin seeds, canned tuna, eggs, white beans, and cooked wild rice. Interesting. Okay, that's AKA cool. all protein sources again. Like, mm-hmm. as you said, a lot of these precursors are proteins and then some you need like the coenzymes and different um micronutrients to support yeah conversion reabsorption oh that's cool whatnot mm-hmm. and so the next kind of like monoamine neurotransmitter we have are the indolamines mm-hmm. and so that is serotonin mm-hmm. which is an inhibitory transmitter that helps regulate mood sleep patterns sexuality anxiety appetite and pain Mm-hmm. and um yeah we've talked a lot about that one in um i think almost all of our episodes actually <laughs> yeah so underactivity of serotonin um is where depression comes into play a lot of people contribute depression to that mm-hmm. and so the therapeutic drug that works for that is prozac which um blocks the reuptake kind of right necessary. yeah yeah um a street drug for st- serotonin is lsd it stimulates the pathways in your brain that are needed to, for creation. Yeah. Um, another drug is MDMA, which stimulates release and blocks reuptake. So LSD and MDA. They're yeah, very similar, just as a whole. Yeah. All the party drugs that get your yeah. brain going funky. Fun. And for this uh, branch, the precursor for that is tryptophan. And so tryptophan... the most common known one is through turkey, but tryptophan is also found in spirulina, pumpkin seeds, chicken breast, uh, tuna, duck, crab, and white beans. Crab, hey? Mm-hmm. Fun. I know. Interesting, hey? Yeah. And also to note, um, serotonin, the tryptophan, all that also um, converts into melatonin. Oh, okay. So all of that is related. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Melatonin is, is needed for um, initiating sleep. It tells your body that you're tired. Okay, that makes sense then. And that's why a lot of people feel tired after eating turkey. Oh, like Thanksgiving dinner just knocks you out. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people blame, blame the tryptophan for that, but that's how it converts. It goes to serotonin and then to uh, melatonin. Weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. In fact. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so the next indolamine that we have is histamine. And mm-hmm. so that one you're probably familiar with um, as well because it regulates body functions like wakefulness, feeding behavior, and motivation. And it's made from the amino acid histidine. Um, also, mm-hmm. most allergy medications are antihistamines. Mm-hmm. Um, His- histamine um, that triggers the inflammatory response in reaction to an allergen. Yeah. Uh, so the next ones we have are amino acids. And so... Amino acids make up all of the proteins. Mm -hmm. Um, So that makes it just a little bit difficult to define which amino acid or which protein is a neurotransmitter. Um, So the ones that we do know are glutamate, aspartate, glycine, and GABA. Mm -hmm. Um, We're only going to say GABA. It has a really long name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it involves Greek symbols. (laughs) GABA amino butyric acid. Yes. So... GABA. Yeah. Um, And so glutamate um, is the most common excitatory neurotransmitter in your nervous system and Mm -hmm. the most abundant neurotransmitter in your brain. Mm -hmm. And so its role is in cognitive functions like thinking, learning and memory. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a precursor for glutamate is glutamine. And glutamine foods include bone broth, raw cabbage, beets, meat, fish, legumes and dairy. Oh, dairy. Yeah. Yeah. Proteins in there. Okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Translate to glutamine. Yeah. Specifically, or it's, it's very abundant in there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And, and it so implicates oh. in cell death after oxygen deprivation as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's fun. It also 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> It'll just eat you from the inside out. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then we have aspartate. Um, I don't really have any information on that one. It's just not aspartame. So we know that thing on there for my notes. Yeah. It just kind of came out of there and I was like, well, cool. Um, so then we have glycine, which is the most common inhibitory neurotransmitter in your spinal cord specifically. Interesting. Which I thought was kind of neat. Oh, aspartates increase the absorption of minerals that they're combined with to enhance athletic performance. Oh, cool. Okay. Some forms are used to reduce brain damage caused by cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's cool. Okay. Continue. All right. Yeah, so uh, glycine is in your spinal cord. Um, it controls hearing processing, pain transmission, and your metabolism, which is mm-hmm. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to note that glycine is that the synthesis is not known. Oh. Um, and it's primarily inhibitory. It also controls your chloride channels, which regulate excitability of neurons. And, wow, this word, I'm just, I'm, (laughs) I can't speak. That's Um, okay. Strychene is a glycine antagonist. Oh, is that strychnine? Strychnine. Yeah, strychnine. Is it um, neen though? It is. It's nine, because it's, um, it's a poison. Oh, Um, one, there's a... (laughs) <laughs> a property that we drive by to get to the nearest lake um by our farm yeah. well like kind of it's a ways away but we were like driving by there and dad was like yeah like they're going through like a divorce right now or whatever because he found out that she was poisoning him with strychnine oh my god yeah it's <gasps> like and so i was like i don't know how true this is but i was like that's wild because she was like putting a little bit in his food and it was like, he was like going to the doctor because he's like, oh, like, I don't feel very good. Like, I don't know what's going on. So they did like blood tests and they found strychnine in his, um. So it was an antagonist and they would, it would stop the excitability of neurons. So his neuron couldn't fire. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's like wild. People use it as a poison all the time. Interesting. Right? Well, avoid the strychnine and go to glycine. Yeah. Glycine <laughs> foods um, can be found in like bone broth, bananas, beans, cabbage, kiwi, legumes, and spinach. Yeah. Yeah, only a small amount is needed to produce severe effects in people. So wild. Yeah, kind of. There's your true crime little tidbit there. Wild. <laughs> yeah, it's, so every time we drive by there, I'm like, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I know what you did. Yeah. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then we have GABA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the most common inhibitory neurotransmitter in your nervous system, specifically in your brain. Mm-hmm. And so it regulates brain activity to prevent problems with anxiety, irritability, concentration, sleep, seizures, and depression. Mm-hmm. Underactivity um, contributes to epilepsy. Epi- ep- wow, epilepsy. Wow. <laughs> Got there. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> I don't know what it is, especially in the past like five episodes. I think my speech has just been, like, the worst well, it's ever been. We've had such big words, and then we're, like, thinking so fast, yeah. and then our mouths just, like, cannot keep up yeah. with it. Yeah. We're like, I know what this is, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so fun. So, underactivity, epilepsy, and therapeutic drugs are essentially, like, what anxiety meds are, so typically things like Valium. Okay. Um. For GABA, the precursor is primarily glucose and glutamate. Um, pyruvate can also be a precursor for GABA, though. Um, pyruvate can be found in red apples, red wine, vegetables, and beer, like the skins of the... Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Is it something that would be found in, like, the red coloring of, like, the red mm-hmm. grapes and the red apple? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's cool beans. So I gotta eat the skins on stuff. Skins have lots of good, like, lots of good... That's that sounds so bad. <laughs> Your face included. I'm sorry. I was just like, yeah, no, but it is like the skins of fruits and veg, especially, have so many nutrients, and we just peel them off. Like it's nothing. This is a food quirk. Do you eat kiwis with skin on or skin off? I've had it with skin on. Yeah. Do you just like? There's people I know who just literally like eat it yeah all. i've done that oh my gosh that's so weird i've done that depends sometimes because it's a texture sometimes if mm-hmm. i don't want the, the hairy texture then it's yeah whatever but to me it tastes no different than a peach with the skin yeah i guess I hate, that, that's a good 
like comparison. Because the peach tastes like hair all the time. Yeah. It just tastes like you're sucking on a dandelion with peach. Like that's <laughs> what the hairs feel like. Weird. I don't think about the hairy peaches. <laughs> um it just yeah. Oh weird. Okay. That's gonna change how I eat peaches. For sure. That's <laughs> why I like apricots over peaches. Because apricots aren't hairy? Yeah. Oh, I've never had not a dried apricot. Okay. No, apricots are like, they're soft, mm-hmm. but they're not fuzzy. You're not, you're not biting and you're not having like dandelion fluff in your mouth. Weird. Like you the peach. Ooh, okay. We're going to do a taste tester. We're going to compare dandelions, kiwis, and peaches and yeah. apricots. But I definitely have just taken like a spoon in a kiwi and just like scooped out the middle before. Mm-hmm. That's usually how I eat it. Yeah. But then someone was like, yeah, you can eat it with like skin on. Yeah. And I was like, Sometimes oh. I'll do slices and like. Eat the skin like that. Oh, kind of like an orange. Yeah. But like, or like yeah. an apple slice. Yeah. Or I'll just bite it like an apple. Weird. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. So the next kind of section we have are neuropeptides. And so peptides mm-hmm. are also strings of amino acids that have diverse functions. They're just like a different form of proteins, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. So the first one I have is substance P. And so that's just a mediator of pain signals. Um, the main one is endorphins, mm-hmm. um, which all act as natural opiates. So they reduce your pain perception and cause the like feel good feelings. Mm-hmm. So endorphins are often released with like um, laughter, exercise, essential oils, watching comedy, eating dark chocolate, exercising. I said that twice. <laughs> <laughs> They're really a really release when you exercise. Yeah. And sex. That's another one. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's another good release of endorphins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We just we took a break for supper, and we just got down a thirst trap Instagram rabbit hole. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, Russ has been going feral on TikTok. Oh my goodness! It's just been like a thirst trap after thirst trap after thirst trap. Literally. So we're like eating our pitas and just like thirst trapping, and we're like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness it was fun mm-hmm. um, and so then the last thing for peptides I have is gut brain peptides so we have like somatostatin and um I did not prepare saying this word before um cholecytokinin yeah yeah which play a role in regulating digestion and that's where the um uh, hormones like gastrin, ghrelin, and, and leptin are all your digestive things. So leptin is like, you're hungry, you need more food. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, no, leptin is your, you're full. Ghrelin is like, you're hungry. And then gastrin helps with like, your um, hydrochloric acid production. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like we probably talked a lot about like <laughs> the gut brain, um, like neurotransmitters and hormones and all of that fun stuff in like a lot of our other episodes as well. <laughs> It feels like a common theme. Yeah. Um, and so the next I have purines, um, which are just like monomers of nucleic acids that have an effect on both the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so the main one in this is um, ATP, which is your energy molecule. And so it's now considered a neurotransmitter, which I think is really interesting. And I believe ATP stands for adenosine triphosphate, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And so adenosine is a potent inhibitor in the brain. And so when you drink coffee, it blocks your adenosine um, receptors, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. Yep. So. And so like meats, fishes and fatty acids all are good for helping your ATP out. Okay. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. yeah, ATP, yeah, energy molecules. So it's what turns like food basically into energy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can literally picture the like little diagram of how the ATP little cycle thing works in my head. Yeah. Hated it. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not where I was expecting oh. you to go with that. Hated it. Well, it's the only one. And then I remember like the orange one and all the others. Uh, yeah. It's a trauma response. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then I have like gases and lipids. And mm-hmm. so there's like certain gasotransmitters, mm-hmm. um, like nitric, mm, nitric oxide. <laughs> Carbon monoxide and hydrogen sulfide gases. You don't want carbon monoxide in your body. You really don't want hydrogen sulfide either. No. No. That's H2S gas is so, so bad. 
so is probably nitric oxide. But that's probably the, that's just NOS, no. isn't it? <laughs> NOS. <laughs> yeah, like for cars. Nosly, NOS. <laughs> no. I think Nos. when you like <laughs> No, when you like boost your car or whatever, you put like a NOS thing on there so that when you're like going like fast and furious, you like click on your NOS and you're like out of there. I know what you're talking about. I have no idea if that's what it is. Okay. Well, all the car guys who listen, let me know. <laughs> but be nice about it. The nitric oxide can come from foods like dark leafy greens, uh, kale, arugula, Swiss chard, and spinach. And it often helps with your blood function in proper doses. Yeah. Then your body needs to excrete it and it'll go up through your urinary system and whatnot. That's cool beans. But it does help your blood move and do its oxygen thing right and then yeah so h2s um it acts on your ion channels to alter their function so basically all of like the atp and the um sodium potassium like all of those little channels Mm -hmm. just stop working so then you die and it's like fun funky fresh yeah, having worked at a gas plant for two summers, I am very aware of how scary H2S gas is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're liquid soluble, so they're synthesized on demand. They're not um, released like other neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the last like type of neurotransmitter that I have are endocannabinoids. Um, marijuana. Marijuana. Good old yeah. Mary Jane. Yeah. Um, so these act at the same receptors as THC, which is the active ingredient in marijuana mm-hmm. and they're most common G protein linked receptors in the brain. They're fat soluble as well. So they're synthesized on demand mm-hmm. and they're believed to be involved with learning and memory. And I agree. Um, and so they're involved in neuronal development, controlling appetite and suppressing nausea, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. Well, they make you hungry. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> The suppression nausea, though, I've, I've I've seen people like who have too much and they green out or whatever. Yeah. But. Well, I don't know. The smell <laughs> of like weed makes me nauseous. Yeah. So I'm curious how it works when you're like inhaling it and like constantly smelling it, how that helps like suppress nausea, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe I'm just like secondhand marijuana causes nausea, but firsthand suppresses nausea. I don't know. I think it probably has to do with like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't done too much on endocannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. It'd probably be with like the edible or the way it stimulates your cells. That'd be my best guess for suppression, but yeah. Dream. Foods can be uh, weed brownies, weed cookies, weed gummies, weed drinks. <laughs> if you live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. all got, it's all got to go. You got to make it into a butter, though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> As soon as, like, weed became legal in Canada, or, like, in Nova Scotia when I was going to university there, they, like, they added, like, the the biology of marijuana, like, course to it. And I was like, you're appealing to your demographic. I appreciate it. And I kind of wish that I took Mm -hmm. it. Well, we had a lot of psychology of drugs, and and weed was the biggest one. Mm -hmm. It was so popular, I just didn't get into the course at all. Yeah. Like, it was always full up by the time I went to... That makes sense. Yeah. Plus, I was more interested in developmental psychology at that time, so Mm -hmm. I cared about, like, the learning and the abnormal development and things like that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm. So, those are, like, the main, um, what'd you say, small molecule neurotransmitters? Mm -hmm. Or just, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the small molecule. Okay. So, those are all the neurotransmitter types that I am familiar with. Mm Mm-hmm. Large molecule neurotransmitters include like neuropeptides, um, like opioids, hormones, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit more um, complex in the sense that it's not just like this one thing does this one thing, right? Yeah. When you group hormones, there are so many hormones in the body that do different things and trigger different um, neurons and whatnot. So there's not a lot of like, I don't have, I should say, a lot of like, how to increase your increase your neuropeptides like right it's just so general and depends on what the function is and they have different um processes <laughs> yeah well things when you're talking about like pituitary peptides mm-hmm. hypothalamic peptides the pituitary gland and the hypothalamic gland they do so There's much so much in the body right yeah uh brain gut peptides that would 
be in the process of um, serotonin production because of your gut brain connection access. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Opioid peptides. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Well, even hormones, seeds. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's so much like that could be an entire episode in and of itself. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's just so much to it that it's. So I didn't dive too deep into that just because of how general it is. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us some more about like the neurotransmitters in relation to like mental health function? So as we mentioned earlier, imbalances in acetylcholine levels are linked to Alzheimer's disease, seizures and muscle spasms because it's not doing the proper firing energy and whatnot. Yeah. I find it really interesting that um, when in our book club from last month, when he was talking about how inflammation can play a role in Alzheimer's disease and how now acetylcholine levels also play a role in Alzheimer's disease. So it'd be Mm -hmm. interesting to see the link there to see kind of what they could do with that. And specifically, um, aluminum has been linked to Alzheimer's as well. In what way? Like it's a heavy metal. So it's a toxin in the brain. Oh, like we're like consuming aluminum. Yeah. So cooking with like aluminum foil and on aluminum pans and, all that it's a heavy metal that is toxic for the brain and there are more and more studies coming out now linking it to a possible cause of alzheimer's disease really yeah so what's that gonna mean for all like the canned goods like they're all in aluminum yeah well it's issue right yeah a lot of canned goods on top of that um tin is also heavy metal so it's not any better it's not any better so tin foil aluminum foil it's toxic for the brain yeah um which is just yeah, it's what we use all the time. It's mm-hmm. wild. And so and then heating, of course, is the worst thing to do because it triggers everything with the release. Yeah. Same thing with like plastic, right? Same concept. Well, even like how much of your oven is made out of like aluminum. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. And so because of it's how prominent it is now, that's where the links are coming from. Oh, weird. When it was like first people who have used it for their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And what are the Alzheimer's rates now? Wild. Mm hmm. Ooh, okay, yeah, because it would be really difficult to switch it back to, like, mm. glass, I guess. Yeah. But. um, But for one thing I'm uncertain of, I didn't think to look into, mm-hmm. is if it um affects acetylcholine, if that's how the heavy metal, or if it's just the toxicity just affecting the brain overall. Oh. Contributing like, to that. Yeah, if it just, like, goes into the acetylcholine, um, like, receptors, mm-hmm. or if it, yeah. Because usually heavy metals bind to receptor sites and that's how they inhibit cell death and other toxic toxicity symptoms in the body yeah i can't remember if that's if it goes to acetylcholine and that's where the relation to alzheimer's is or not right interesting stuff thanks for next time yeah so low levels of endorphins can play a role in fibromyalgia and some types of headaches uh too much epinephrine can lead to high blood pressure diabetes heart disease and other health problems the dysfunction of dopamine can result in Parkinson's, as I mentioned earlier, schizophrenia, as well as bipolar disease, restless leg syndrome, and ADHD. Uh, histamine plays a role in asthma, bronchospasm, mucosal edema, and multiple sclerosis. Right. And that word, well, sclerosis. Sclerosis. always, yeah. <laughs> I, I say it, and it's just like, <laughs> well, I find it really interesting that, like, with Parkinson's and, like, multiple sclerosis, and multiple sclerosis because that's ms right yeah yeah me it's like (laughs) no it's not my initials i know but i don't know that you want to identify as multiple sclerosis i was a kid ever since i found it out i'm like wow i'm a disease oh my goodness they hold a walk for you every year Great. Yeah. Kind but of it, a big deal. It's weird to me that those are like, yeah, like degenerative nerve diseases. Yeah. That are like well, controlled affects, by neurotransmitters. It, well, it affects the myelin sheath. Oh, yeah, there it is. Over um, Parkinson's. Yeah. I feel like multiple sclerosis as well. E- yeah. Oh my God, my brain. Yeah. So you're right. MS um, attacks the myelin sheath. Yeah. Um, But it's. Mo- it focuses on like the spinal cord. Yeah. The CNS. All right. I do, I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I can guess myself every so often. Oh, well. It's like a. The thing with the podcast is that I'm talking to a friend, but it's like a live quiz. 
like mm-hmm. an in-person quiz all the time because i do this fun thing where like we go over the episodes and then i'm like okay yeah, that's good and then we're like saying it and i'm like wait i have a question yeah and i didn't think of this when we were prepping it yeah. so now i'm gonna put you in the spotlight whatever it makes us real-time relatable <laughs> yeah literally we say it every episode we're not professionals we're just yeah. trying to learn about this shit and make we're it digestible learning with you yeah um yeah uh, <laughs> so serotonin imbalance is associated with seasonal affective disorder anxiety depression fibromyalgia and chronic pain we yeah, as jerry said earlier we talk about serotonin the most yeah and 90 to 95 percent of your serotonin is produced by your gut bacteria so why protect gut, your gut yeah dysbiosis you don't want it but i got it <laughs> i got it I so just did, me. i just did journey's uh case study she's one of my case studies yes so we went over that today as well yeah hey fun probiotics yeah they're your friends i just gotta protect my biome my parking lot is full of bad vehicles yeah we're all broken down yeah you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta feel your good but wow good bacteria with uh some prebiotics as well and mm-hmm. they'll get the ones out of the parking lot <laughs> your face looks so scared when you're saying that <laughs> you just look so sad and scared it's um, funny when you said fueling, it reminded me I was gassing up my car the other day. Did you forget your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> that, that triggered that my heart skipped a beat. <laughs> no, I didn't. I leave it in the car now and I only took out my debit card. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um I like went over to the pump and it was like there was like a wet spot and I was like, well whatever. Like it's springtime like what does that mean i was like filling my car up and i noticed like it leaking from like the bottom of like the pump cover thing and i was like what so like finished gassing up my car like when and i was like just so you know like your pump is leaking she's like is it leaking from the nozzle and i was like no it's not leaking from the nozzle (laughs) that's where it's supposed to come out of I was like, no, there's like a puddle on the ground of gas from the corner of like the pump thing she's like "Mm, okay i'll check it out when you're gone like, like, I'll check it out later or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, please actually check this out. Like, your pump is leaking fuel. Yeah. It's so flammable, ma'am. Please. <laughs> I beg of you. <laughs> please. This is like, same, same, but a little bit different. Mm-hmm. At work, one of the toilets was plugged, right? Happens. <laughs> so I went to get the plunger to unplug this toilet. Mm-hmm. As I'm pumping the water to try to unplug this toilet, it's shooting out the <gasps> bottom of the toilet. <laughs> So there's, no. I'm pumping shit water out the bottom of the toilet because Gross. the drain is not going through. Oh no! And I was like, I don't have time to deal with this right now. <laughs> Texted my boss, I was like, you gotta get a plumber here ASAP. This is yeah. foul. That's disgusting. Foul. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Imagine plumbing your toilet and then shoots out the bottom of I'm the just, toilet. I'm just glad it was like the employee bathroom downstairs and it wasn't doing that like upstairs and then leaking down the walls. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Oh. It was just like, <gasps> I don't have Not time nice. to deal with this right now. Not nice. Oh, all right. And then finally, in relation to mental health, <laughs> imbalances in glutamate can be associated with Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's disease, and seizures. AKA you don't want any neurotransmitter imbalances mm-hmm. in your brain because Alzheimer's is just like a big old. It'll just get there. Move in. It's like, yeah. what's up? What, something interesting from the book that I didn't mention mm-hmm. was that we all get, when we grow old, we get the plaques and the tangles in our brain yeah. that are characteristic of Alzheimer's disease, yeah. but not everyone gets Alzheimer's. Yeah. Well, that was just so- general aging, but it's just a matter of how much the aging is affecting your cells as well. But it's like, why do only some people get Alzheimer's if we all get like the precursors for it? Mm-hmm. You know, like part of me is thinking it's gen- genetic regression. That makes sense. You have certain genes and it affects it heavier. My grandma likes to think that only smart people get Alzheimer's. So she's, off- she's okay. She'll never get it. Okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Typically <Thanks>. the opposite. <laughs> Yeah. Your well, she's wall, smart, your wall so it's going like, down. Yeah. So if you but you have to constantly using your brain. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of how like genius you are, it's how much you challenge your brain. That makes sense. So like if we get the plaques and tangles, but people who are using their brain and still living life and like yeah. being active and doing things, that's not gonna create the Alzheimer's of it. Yeah. But if you kinda like 
because you're except that you're old and kind of start like dying basically no the more you use your brain the more you're stimulating those nerve pathways and creating the grooves in your brain Mm -hmm. you want grooves in your brain it means it's been used many times which means it can and this is why this is good as like a study method is talking it out yeah right yeah so for me to be like re re um recall like what i've actually learned yeah almost five years ago now <laughs> literally be like no i still know this stuff yeah i'm reaffirming like that pathway mm-hmm. which is gonna make it stick right and that's why like practice makes perfect is the whole thing okay but as you age and say you get into retirement age that's when you really want to be using your brain because um if not, then those neurons die, your brick walls start going down, and that's when dementia, Alzheimer's becomes very prevalent. Interesting. Neuro, as we talked, like neuronal toxicity also contributes to those as well. Mm-hmm. So diet, lifestyle, the whole overall is good. Yeah. But there's actually a study um, that on, on geriatric uh, patients uh, that helped with brain health. Okay. And the activity that helped the most was playing ping pong. Oh, really? Because you're judging like distance speed and you also have your motor control. So you're using various parts of the brain. Other activities included like playing chess or going for walks and whatnot. But the best effects for the brain for this particular study was playing ping pong. Interesting. Because it's activating the brain in different parts. Yeah. And having it have to like communicate and work together to play the game in real time. I love that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, everyone's invited to my brother's garage to play ping pong when they're old. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like all throughout your life. It's just like constantly learning and constantly using your brains. The mm-hmm. use it or lose it phrase. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, that's very true. <sighs> yeah, because your brain is actively trying to forget. So if you're not forcing it to exercise. Yeah. Then it's going to actively forget because your brain is constantly judging all the stimuli you receive in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. And categorizing it as relevant or irrelevant. Yeah. And it still does that with old information this is why recall can be hard sometimes mm-hmm. because if you haven't spoken about it learned about it it's been a minute yeah that's why you have to like relearn or that's uh, why you learned a language in high school and now you can't speak it in your 30s because you yeah. didn't practice it at all yeah exactly right use it or lose it because your brain's like get it out of here so we can only ha- process relevant information because otherwise yeah we just get too full otherwise it's overwhelmed and it's going to be a clusterfuck yeah exactly so oh spicy fun Okay. That's in a different life. I would have, um, I almost did actually, I almost did go into recreational therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got accepted into the program and I wasn't excited. Yeah. That's and fair. I kind of took that as a, I don't need to go. This isn't the thing for me right yeah. now. I'm not, if I'm not stoked to get into the program, then yeah. What's the difference between recreational therapy and occupational therapy? Occupational therapy is more so about how to get person, the person to like work within their environment Okay. Recreational is like playing games. Okay. To get mobility. So, for example, if I did recreational therapy, I would have gone into um, retirement homes or whatnot and did, did things like um, chair yoga or you see all those fun games where you have to like play like basketball and pass the ball to each other. That mm-hmm. would have been me. I would have been okay. organizing those type of. That's fun. Sports for geriatrics. <laughs> we love that. So, I, But yeah. Whereas I loved working in a retirement home and I loved working with seniors. Just something about the program. It just, I was like, this isn't right. It's not your calling. Yeah. Yeah. My gut was just like, yeah, I didn't feel excited. Mm -hmm. I kind of took that as a, maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah, that's fair. But it's always, it's on the back burner. It was a a recommendation from one of my um, grandma's guys who did uh, IV therapies for her. Okay. He was also a recreational therapist and he's like, you'd be really good at that. Yeah. Oh, Um, that's sick. Okay. I didn't know that was an option or even a thing really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's sick but i'm choosing a career that's uh not a developed field so <laughs> nutritional psychology why well, choose the easy path when you can choose the hard path well it's just it's a matter of what's exciting right and, and yeah that's ultimately at the end of the day like i don't want to go through that schooling just to feel mediocre about my job exactly right and do something that you don't like for the rest of your life i'm like yes it's a cool concept but if i'm not stoked about it then why would i why would you put that? yourself through it if it doesn't give you joy what's the point exactly Amen. Louder for those in the back. If it doesn't give you joy, what's the point? <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. Okay. Alrighty. And so, tubes, what inhibits neurotransmitter <laughs> production and function? So many things. Uh, mostly medications. 
um, medications can block the neurotransmitter from being received at its receptor site, but it can also stop it from being released from the original nerve cell. Um, sometimes these are on purpose. Sometimes it's not on purpose. Um, but some things that can cause a neurotransmitter to not work as it should um, include too much or not enough of one or more neurotransmitters are being produced or released. Uh, the receptor on the receiver cell isn't working properly, so it can't actually bind with it and then signal whatever message it's bringing. Um, or they get reabsorbed too quickly when they're in the synaptic cleft. Um, or the cell receptors aren't taking up enough of the neurotransmitter due to an inflammation and damage in the synaptic cleft, which that one's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are enzymes that limit the number of neurotransmitters from reaching their target cell because they're being um, degraded too quickly within the synaptic cleft as well. Yeah. And so, as I'm sure you've probably guessed, when neurotransmitters don't function as they should, that's when disease happens. Mm-hmm. So, like we've said many times, um, not enough acetylcholine can make you lose your memory, as seen as Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Too much serotonin has um, been linked with the autism spectrum disorder, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Um, an increase in glutamate or decrease in GABA can result in seizures. Mm-hmm. And then too much norepinephrine and dopamine and abnormal glutamate transmission can contribute to mania, mm-hmm. which is spicy fun. So spicy fun. So take care of your brain and your neurotransmitters and eat these good foods so that you are yeah. giving your brain the best option. Yeah. So. And it can come from simple things, right? So dopamine, it's a reward chemical. So it can come from completing a task, uh, doing self-care activities, eating food, celebrating little wins. Mm-hmm. Oxytocin is a love hormone. We didn't really talk about it, but it helps bind social relations. Mostly. Yeah. It makes you feel attached to people. So things like playing with a dog, playing with a baby, holding hands, hugging your family, giving compliments all um, stimulate oxytocin. Serotonin, as we've described a hundred times before, is a mood stabilizer. <laughs> so meditating, running, sun exposure, walking in nature, swimming and cycling all contribute to serotonin production. And yeah, we already touched we already touched on endorphins. Yeah. That's pretty much all we have for neurotransmitters. It's such a it's such a neurotransmitters one oh one. There's so much more that we could dive into, but Yeah. Because I'm not an expert. Yeah. Because we don't have specific training in neurotransmitters and we don't want to keep you guys here for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like Sparks Notes. Yeah. Of neurotransmitters. Biopsych 230. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Touching on and just like the what you gotta know the baseline. Yeah. But our segment today. We're going to do a Mad Lib. Just for fun, you know? Yes. For funsies. Just for funsies, because use it or lose it, right? (laughs) (laughs) I need to know my my nerves. My nerves. My verbs and nouns. I actually don't know what a verb is, so that's good for me. A verb? Yeah. It's an activity. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) It's never... I've never retained it. Interesting. I've been told it so many times, my retention of verb and adverb. Our adverb is a describing verb. An adjective is describing a noun. So what? Right. Describing a verb. So describing an activity like running, running fast. Fa- so fast would be an adverb. Yes. Because wouldn't it also be an adjective? Because it's like the descriptor. I don't know. This segment's really going to show you how much I don't know. <laughs> It just modifies, describes the verb. So it sings loudly. So yeah, it would be. Okay. Very tall. And then adjective describes the noun. So like, um, tall boy. Pretty girl. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the one we're choosing is called coffee houses. So we have no idea what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know what word to pick, they have like a random button so that they will choose the word for us. Okay. No, but we're going to go back and forth. So it'll be simple. Oh enough. yeah. So a noun. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You start. Journey. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> and then I get another noun. Michaela. <laughs> Adjective. Um, spicy. Ooh, spicy. Um, Adjective. Descriptor. Mm-hmm. Mm, pretty. Because you said that already. <laughs> um, <laughs> My brain shut off. Okay, so another noun. Another noun? Mm-hmm. 
Simon. Simon. Another adjective for me. Lazy. Um, another adjective for you. London. London is an adjective? Person, place, or thing. No, oh, adjective. adjective. Oh. <laughs> I was like, now. I don't know a lot, but I know that's wrong. <laughs> that's funny. Um, adjective. Yeah. Toasty. Toasty. Oh, oops. Toasty. Jeepers, I cannot spell that word. Um, noun for me. London. <laughs> Unoriginal. <laughs> okay, plural noun. Spaghettis. Sp- spaghettis. Spaghettis. Sp- spaghettis. Okay. <laughs> A verb for me. Um, describing... A verb. No, it's just an action. Oh, it's just an action. Okay, yeah. running. <laughs> okay. Another plural noun for you. Goats. Goats. Beautiful. <laughs> so random. I'm so excited. Um, another verb for me, and I'm going to put dilly-dallying. Okay. Because. That's fun. Yeah. Another plural noun for you. <laughs> hey, hey. Books. Books. And a plural noun for moi. Microphones. Okay. Okay. A uh, part of the body, Michaela. Arm. Arm. All right, that's it. Go mad. What's this going to give us? <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Hey, kind of, yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> Coffee houses are in. Gone are the local corner journey and the neighborhood ice cream, Michaela. It doesn't matter if you live in a spicy city or a pretty town. There is bound to be a I like co- that. <laughs> I like that a lot, too. Spicy city or pretty town. <laughs> oh, that works. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you live in a spicy city or a pretty town. There is bound to be a coffee, Simon, in your lazy neighborhood. <laughs> Simon. Simon. Yay, Terry. Simon. <laughs> Next one. Coffee houses have become the place where toasty friends gather, sit, and chew the London. To London. <laughs> Remembering the good old spaghettis <laughs> as they sip their steaming cups of. They didn't put a thing in there. Um, okay. Coffee houses cater to busy business who use them to running million, do- million deals. Oh my goodness. Coffee houses are also favorite spots for single men and goats. <laughs> of coffee as they watch the attractive go by, hoping to catch his or her, and maybe even dilly-dallying a date. (laughs) Most evenings, coffee houses are filled by young lovers, drinking out of each other's books as they whisper sweet microphones in each other's arms. That's amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. That's going to be... This is going to be a regular... I love that. Yeah. Oh, That's my goodness. This is, we're going to make these a personality trait now. Oh, the other ones are like... Um, how to Poop. Um, the Incredible Journey. Oh. Advice for the soon-to-be-married. Like the Hulk. That's your... We, the Bad Daddies. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. Yep. I'm going to save this link. This is a personality trait now. 100%. I'm sorry. You're welcome. Welcome to our Mad Lib era. <laughs> <laughs> in, in my Mad Lib era. In my Mad Lib. Oh my, my goodness. In my spicy city era. <laughs> in my pretty town era. <laughs> in my microphone whispers in my arm era. <laughs> oh no, in I didn't my, take a screenshot of that. In my... Men and goat era. <laughs> I didn't take a screenshot. Shoot. We have a recording. Oh, that's true. Okay. It's a good thing we have an audio oh my gosh. journal of it. That's sick. I love that. Single men and goats. Single I think men and goats. Sent me. Iconic. Alrighty. Well, All right. That was a great. A great. Oh, it's 11-11. Oh my goodness. Make a wish. Angel number. That's what we love. Um, yeah, that's neurotransmitters <laughs> and Mad Libs. 
<laughs> yeah. Because what else? Right? We love it. I'm Mac Joy. I'm It's Jupes. We are sometimes your boss house on all podcast streaming platforms mm-hmm. are, and social media platforms. Yes. Our website is sometimesbossops.com where you can find links to our episodes, our YouTube videos, um, about us, our affiliate links, book club, do you book say club? Already? Yeah. All that fun stuff. There's a contact us page and you can sign up for a newsletter. Uh, we haven't really done anything with the newsletter yet, but yeah. well, maybe we will when we get people to sign up for it. So that's on you guys. <laughs> It's not our fault you haven't signed up for the newsletter. Yeah. It's your fault. No, oh eventually that'll become irrelevant, but that's just not a relevant thing right now for us. Because mm-hmm. our plates are overfulling. Yep. Are overfulling. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you guys next week. Touch us now. Bye.